Oh, great Odin's raven. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll go. Hello everyone, welcome to Film Pulse Weekly, episode 4. My name is Adam, and with me as always we have Kevin. Hello. How's it going up there in PA, Kevin? Uh, not too bad. Is it uh, cold? Uh, a little bit. It was, of course, 60 degrees one day, and then the next day super windy and like 30 degrees. It's uh, raining down here in Florida today, so... Mm-hmm. Weather's not too bad, it's a little chilly outside. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some of the movies we saw this week. Uh, we're going to have Ryan back on the show to talk about a movie we made him watch in our wonderful segment called Ryan Watches a Movie. And rather than talk about the Oscars, which are on tonight, we're going to talk about two other award shows, uh, the Independent Spirit Awards, which were on last night, and the Razzies, which the nominations were announced today. So let's just uh, start off by talking about some of the movies we saw this week. Uh, what was the first movie you saw this week, Kevin? Uh, the first movie I saw this week was at the very very beginning of the week. I saw The Innkeepers, finally. Oh, and what did uh, what did you think of that? Uh, I thought it was okay. Not great? Yeah, it was... I, I enjoyed it the whole way up until the end. And the ending was just a little... I don't know, it d- yeah. didn't do enough for me. There wasn't enough in it. Yeah, a lot of people had problems with the ending. Uh, I did. Um, I certainly think that uh, Ty West's last movie, House of the Devil, was was better. But I did like the feel of The Innkeepers. But I'm a huge horror buff, so yeah. Well, you know me. I'm not. I'm not a big horror movie fan. But mm-hmm. I. I definitely. I like the style. And everything that went into it, it just it didn't seem like there was enough at the end. I like the old school way of where nothing really happens and it's just, you know, a big crescendo at the end. But it yeah. just it didn't mm-hmm. feel big enough to me. Big enough, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um that uh the house that they filmed that in, that's real. That's a real house. That's like the the actual name of the house and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought that was it, cool. it, it, was that in PA? I had a feeling that it was in um, You know, the I remember watching it. The first time I saw it, um, I, I watched it with my girlfriend. And the whole time I was like, this looks like it's in Pennsylvania. But uh, I cannot remember if that is where it is or not. Because I thought that the, the actress character was doing like a seminar somewhere in PA. I can't remember where she it said. It could be. Yeah. Oh, I wish I would have wrote it down. Because now that's going to bother me. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, we'll look it up. Uh, look it up while I'm talking about my first movie. Um, the first movie... I have a bunch of movies that I saw this week, so I'm just going to kind of briefly go over them. Um, just because for some of them I reviewed for the site. Uh, the first movie I saw was Tomorrow When the War Began. This is a Australian film. Uh, it came out this Friday uh, in limited release, of course. Uh, it was kind of like the movie Red Dawn, uh, teen action type film. It was actually okay to watch. A lot of the action scenes were pretty cool. Um, I think I gave that a six and a half out of ten on the site. Um, 
that's really all I wanted to go over. If you want to learn more about Tomorrow When the War Began, you can check out a review on filmpulse.net. The next movie I wanted to go over briefly was Wonderlust. Uh, It came out this past Friday as well. Directed by David Wayne, who did Role Models, Wet Hot American Summer, um, starring Paul Rudd, Jennifer Aniston. I gave this a 6 out of 10 on the site. Good, not great. Uh, Certainly not as good as uh, the two films I previously mentioned. Wasted, wasted talent, it seems like. But I do have to say with this movie, I saw, um, I didn't get to see it, but I saw uh, David Wayne did like a read it interview, you know, Mm -hmm. answer people's questions and stuff and he said which is what i'm going to wait for is that the dvd is going to have a bizarro cut Mm. of all the other stuff you know like a Mm -hmm. completely different movie which i have a feeling is going to be better than the theatrical release yeah i mean in in my review i said that um it's a great cast. the The whole cast is is great. A lot of the same people that he uses in all his movies are in it. They're all very very funny people. Um, but everything seemed kind of dumbed down. Like if you watch Wet Hot American Summer, that is just completely over the top. Yeah. Like you know, it's going at eleven the whole time. But with Wonderlust, it seems like it's. I don't know if he had to try to dumb it down a little bit to make it. Um, appeal to a wider audience, but I just I just wasn't feeling it. I mean, Paul Rudd was hilarious in it, and there were some very funny moments. But overall, it's just it wasn't like a laugh riot the whole time. Yeah, well, that's so I'm curious to see. You know, he's calling it a bizarro cut, and it's made up entirely of like deleted scenes and extended alternative scenes and stuff. So. I have a feeling that it's probably going to be more of the craziness that yeah. Wet Hot American Summer was. At least I'm hoping. So I'm actually waiting for the DVD to come out so I can watch the Bizarro cut and not the actual theatrical release. Yeah, I think that that, sh- that, that should be better, I'm sure. Because I do like David Wayne a lot. I mean, he's actually plays a little cameo in it, and it, it's pretty funny. He does a scene with Michael Showalter and Michael Ian Black. Uh, and they're they're all funny, um, but overall kind of lukewarm on that one. What's next? We what got. Uh, well, I guess we could go into I saw High Road. Uh, last I saw that night. as well. Cause uh, shared some people, I guess, from Wonderlust. Mm-hmm. Mostly, and I'm gonna try my hardest on this. Joe, Lotruglio. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of those actors where he's in tons of stuff, but nobody really knows his name. He was in Wet Hot American Summer. He was in uh, Super Bad. He was in just a ton of movies. Pretty, um, pretty, I Love You, Man. Yeah, pretty much everything. Pineapple Express, Role Models. Yeah, he was in just tons of... T- he's a really funny guy. Yes, and what, which brings me to, uh, you know, High Road is a almost entirely improvised movie mm-hmm. uh, written and directed by Matt Walsh from Upright Citizens Brigade which I am a huge fan of Yep. and uh, the character that Joe Latrogio plays is, he plays that character so perfectly <laughs> he nails it every time yeah he, he plays this um 
pseudo he he pretends to be a cop basically throughout the movie. Yes, and because he, he he went through the academy. He's not a cop. He did graduate the academy. He just never got around to being a cop. Right. So he opened up a gym, and it's called Sheriff's Gym or something, right? Yeah. Uh, what did you well, What did you think of High Road? I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. I thought it was too. I was surprised that when I went on IMDb to see that it has a score of four point eight. Which... I think I think that not a lot of people have seen it yet. Yeah, it's one of those, I... and, and it's really obscure too. Yes, because I had, and I mean, like I said, I absolutely love Upright Citizens Brigade, and I can't believe that I I didn't hear about this. Yeah, I'm a was... huge fan of Matt Walsh, who's been in a ton of stuff. You know, uh, Hangover. Um, what are some of the other movies he was in? Uh, old School. Yeah, he's another one of those yeah, guys. He's in yeah, tons of stuff. You know, almost every comedy movie. He's in. He's it. the guy. He has a. He's like bald, and he has like red hair. Yeah, and he now has a mustache. Yeah, a mustache. he has that little mustache now. He's in Due Date role models he was in a ton of movies too um yeah i thought high road was absolutely f-ing hilarious yeah it was so funny and it's like everyone just they nailed it they just because mm-hmm. my sense of the comedy that i love is just the ridiculous banter between people mm-hmm. absolutely and <laughs> just some of the stuff that they that they would throw out there was just great when you know the the band's breaking up and he was like you guys are the doctors that killed michael jackson <laughs> yeah. yeah uh basically it's kind of a stoner comedy it's like a kind of a stoner road trip comedy basically the the main character um is under the impression that the cops are after him for being a weed dealer so he kind of goes on the lam and it, he there's a ton of people in this, like um, Abby Elliott from SNL. Um, what's the guy's name from uh, The Office that's in it? Is Zachary something? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it has Ed Helms as well. But it, Yeah, Ed Helms, it, it, Horatio it, Sands is in it. Yeah, which is another f- funny scene when they go to the, the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just... Uh, Rob Riggles in it. Um, mm-hmm. Zach, is it Zach Woods? Yeah, yeah I think Zach that's Woods. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah the plays Gabe on The Office, which he always seems to play a very uh, sort of creepy, disgusting yeah. character, which <laughs> he is big time in this movie. But it also has uh, Rich Fulcher, which some most people probably don't know, but. Uh, he he's pretty big in the UK because he mm-hmm. had he had a TV show with Matt Berry called Snuffbox, which is now uh, streaming on Netflix. So if mm. you get a chance, check that out. Very bizarre comedy. Extremely oh, bizarre. Brits in their comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely one to check out. High Road. Highly recommend that one. Um, there's just two other movies that I wanted to talk about very briefly. Um, and the reason I wanted to mention them is because right now they're both on, um, video on demand. So you can watch them before they hit theaters. Um, and the first one is Goon with Sean William Scott. This is, a uh, sort of like, uh, the movie Slapshot where 
he plays this um, hockey player that doesn't really play hockey. He just fights, and they just put him on the ice to fight. Uh, I actually thought it was pretty funny. Uh, it's kind of out of Sean William Scott's comfort zone, I would say. It is a comedic role, but he definitely plays a different type of character than what we're all used to, which is him being kind of, you know, outspoken and, and really just loud and constantly on. And in this, he plays this kind of reserved role where he doesn't even have that many lines. He just plays a very quiet character that uh, likes to fight. And it's the only one to check out. And the other one that I wanted to mention was uh, Detachment, which is uh, directed by Tony Kay. He did um, American History X. And this is a film about high school teachers in... Um, a very poor district. I don't think they mention what city it's in, uh, but it stars Adrian Brody, Christina Hendricks, Brian Cranston, uh, Marsha Gay Harden, um, Lucy Liu, and dare. James Caan. Yeah, and this is a very, very depressing yet well-made film. It is not. I watched the trailer, and it kind of makes it look like that it might be this kind of uplifting inspirational story but it is not it is dark from the very beginning it is very sad and extremely depressing throughout i mean beginning to end um but i think it's one of those films that a lot of people should see that won't um just because it kind of really showcases the plight of the American high school teacher and, and just how difficult their lives can be. So that's definitely one to check out. Uh, I should be reviewing that for the site at some point. At some point. I'm kind of backlogged with reviews yes. right now, so uh, we'll get around to it at some point. Yes. Uh, Do you have any other movies that you want to discuss? Uh, I was just going to point out real quick that we do have you know, uh, a review up for Oslo August 31st. Mm -hmm. And just two things that I want to mention. Uh, Trier, who directed this movie, not Lars Van Trier, but uh, Joachim Trier, he also, this is his second movie. His first movie, Reprise, is actually streaming on Netflix, if you want to check that out. And also, uh, it's a lot like, I mentioned in the review that it's a lot like The Fire Within, which brings us to a new thing that we're going to be doing on the site which we're calling 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. which is where me and Adam are going to go back and sort of review movies that we think are are our all-time favorites uh, classics anything that we think deserves a 10 out of 10 so probably, probably I would say today or tomorrow I'll have one up for the fire within and then you know we'll have links that you can buy them off of amazon and everything yeah it's basically we've been talking about this and we'd like to go back and kind of sh showcase some of our just absolute all-time favorites i mean especially in the january february months when it's like nothing but it's coming out yes. it's kind of refreshing to talk about and write about something that's good like a good yeah. solid movie correct uh i guess that does it for what we've been watching this week 
Let's go ahead and kick off Ryan Watches a Movie. This is Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not. Oh no, Carl. The little kids got naked and had lots of sex. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. What movie did we have you watch this week? Navy Sales. Navy SEALs, in honor of Act of Valor coming out this weekend, we had you watch 1990s Navy SEALs, starring Charlie Sheen, Michael Bean, is that it? Michael Bean, T-1000, and Bill Paxton, and the guy from the Allstate commercials. That's Allstate Stan. Um, (laughs) Before we... um, before we get into it, I uh, have a little trailer here that we can listen to. Uh, this is Navy SEALs. I have a commitment to the team. Yeah, well, the teams aren't going to last forever. I'm sorry, guys, but I cannot be a part of this funeral procession. I'm out of here. See you later! When danger is its own reward. Move out together, only together. There are men who will go anywhere. You guys are crazy. Proud of it, baby. Dare anything. We're SEAL Team. We're here to get you out. They're Navy SEALs. It's me when I'm hot. An elite fighting force. You don't gotta love it, you just gotta do it. Who don't know how to lose. Navy SEALs. Okay, I think we're good there. <laughs> Sounds exciting. Uh, I love Ryan, the music. What did you think of uh, Navy SEALs? Well, first of all, let me start off by saying that I don't know if I'd ever encounter off Charlie Sheen with saving my life. Um, okay. Then I'll say that Charlie Sheen in this movie is... He's like a mixture of now and back then. He's kind of <laughs> like the cool guy, but he is racist as fuck, and he is also vulgar as fuck. Nice. Classic um, Shane. Let's, let me uh, read the synopsis here. Uh, this is according to IMDb. While rescuing an American air crew captured by Mideastern terrorists, Lieutenant Karan and his team of Navy SEALs discover evidence that the terrorists have come into possession of dangerous high-tech weapons. Sounds exciting. What the are the dangerous... We- yeah. The high-tech weapons are f***ing Stinger missiles. Nice. Oh. Stinger missiles. Dated. Um, this was directed by Louis Teague, who probably nobody knows. Except uh, for Cujo. He did Cujo. He did he did Cujo. He did Cat's Eye, which was a '80s horror movie that I never saw. Uh, and he did two episodes of Nash Bridges. <laughs> I thought that that was interesting. And also the Dukes of Hazard reunion TV movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, real quick, before we ask you some more questions about this, Ryan, I want to play another little clip that makes me think of this movie so here we go they never rent quality flicks they always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks Ooh, navy seals <laughs> it's like in order to join they have to have an iq less than their shoe size Ooh, navy seals it's like in order to join oh, they have, to have an iq 
<laughs> I love it. That was uh, from Clerks, and that was the first time I ever heard of the movie Navy Seals. And I never saw it, but I always wanted to make someone watch it, so <laughs> this was a perfect opportunity. Dreams can't come true. Well, well I never wasted on I mean, it wasn't as bad as some of the previous movies, but it wasn't good either. Um, like I said, it's just filled with a lot of Charlie Sheen and being the cool guy and swearing. And then the Allstate guy, he turns out to not be in good hands because he died. <laughs> Uh oh, spoiler. <laughs> the Allstate guy dies. <laughs> so, uh what would what would you we heard the IMDB synopsis, what would you give for your synopsis? Um it's kind of there there's a lot of points in this movie that are basically pointless. They serve they serve no purpose in telling any part of the story. Um, it's just like your typical action movie where they go save people and then Allstate tries to get married and during his wedding, during his wedding ceremony, he gets called out on duty. So his chick is walking down the aisle. And he leaves the winning procession with, mm. like, four or five other guys. And magically, they end up in Beirut for, in, like, five minutes. They start in Virginia, and they end up in Beirut in the same day. Mm. Wow. Um... This got a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Are there any movies that you would compare this to that you would like liken this film to? Like, um, I don't know, like Top Gun or something? Um, it's sort of, I mean, like the, the topic is obviously not the same, but Top Gun, the, the Charlie Sheen in this movie sort of plays... A character that Tom Cruise plays, but like hmm. I said, the movie is not. The topic is not the same. It's just the character. How's the uh, plot progression? <sighs> there is no plot. It's just <laughs> people dying. They <laughs> just die pointlessly. How's and the How's the action, at least? The action, uh, for, I'd say for an 80s movie, or I guess this actually came out in 1990. It's still basically an 80s movie, though. Yeah. It's, for, for that point, the action is, it looks alright. I have, I, mm. I have I mean, two things. One is that the only thing I've learned from this movie so far is the Allstate guy. Sounds like the Allstate. That's all you need to know. The uh, the second is a question. Uh, We heard that awesome, sweet music during the trailer. Is that played throughout? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. There's like four or five scenes. There's like four or five scenes. 
back in montage. And they play the same song over and over and over. You know, I was just going to say that that sounds exactly like montage music. Mm -hmm. But I was also, my first thought was that was the the high-tech weapon that the terrorists got their hands (laughs) on, was that music. No, it was just... If they they get a hold of that sound club, it would probably be much more fatal (laughs) than that thing. Either way, the Allstate guy dies. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they get their hands on. He's dying. Yeah. Hey. How's uh, T-1000? Does he do a good job? Um, he He's kind of like a... I don't, know, I don't really know how to explain. He doesn't play that prevalent part. And I'm not saying like his character. I mean, he doesn't like talk that much. Because when the trailer made it look like he was kind of like the sidekick. He, well, I think he's like, what I think. Um, he's one of the main guys, but he just doesn't like. He, there's no character development. Mm. He doesn't go. He doesn't learn from his lessons. So, what would you rate Navy Seals out of ten? Like I said, it's better than the previous maze, but it's still not worth even. Um, I'd say probably a five. And a five out of ten. Okay. It would be. It would. It would be a good choice to uh, watch this instead of going and wasting money on the time pair image. <laughs> or active valor, maybe. I would. I've, that's like the best tagline for a movie. Navy SEALs <laughs> slightly better than a Tyler Perry movie. Uh, well, I, I feel like um, you know we have active valor opening up this weekend. Clearly, it's just a recruitment tool. How would you rate Navy SEALs as far as a recruitment tool? Did you did you want to go out and join the Navy after watching it? Well, seals. I have a problem because I can't really do that. But True. if I was, if you could, if I now, I don't think watching this movie because Charlie Sheen is a huge asshole. And so he plays kind of like the typical male chauvinist, yeah, type. And he so, doesn't give a shit about anything. He just does what it like. When uh, Allstate dies, he Allstate dies because Allstate. they're doing a secret. They're doing a secret train or a mi- secret mission in Beirut, and there's five of them, and they're all hidden. And soldiers start walking around. And Charlie Sheen stays in front of him, but just decides to go guns blazing and shoot all of them <laughs> for I, no reason, and I'll <laughs> say duh. I might have to actually watch this movie. Yeah. So Dale Dale Hawkins is not a uh, role model in this movie. I, no. Okay. He, he is definitely not someone you want your kids to be like. 
Mm. This movie does have a Top Gun tie-in. Uh, Joanne Wally, the mm-hmm. actress that plays Claire Varens, was uh, married to Val Kilmer at the time. Mm. So there you go. Iceman. Iceman. Um, I don't know if this had a sequel made or anything, but I feel like that this is this is one of those movies that would have like five different sequels with completely different actors, like the Iron Eagle movies. <laughs> yeah, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah, it kind of it does seem like a gas movie. Yeah. Well, the, the Gary Goldman, the guy that wrote the movie, he also wrote Big Trouble in Little China. Oh. Total Recall. And <coughs> Nicolas Cage always seems to pop up. The Nicolas Cage movie, Next. Well, that was... Next was horrible, but I'm a huge fan of Big Trouble in Little yeah. China. But yeah, Next was the the only other movie that he has written since 1990's Navy Seals. Mm. So, so possibly that was like a career ender for him, could, Navy Seals. Could have been. Mm. Definitely set him back a little bit. (laughs) Well, there we have it. Five out of ten for Navy SEALs. Uh, Thanks for watching it for us, Ryan, so we don't have to. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? That's what I'm here for. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thanks again, Ryan. We will have you back next week to watch another thrilling exciting fantastic movie and for those of you that want to buy navy seals to have your own copy for your Don't collection do that. we are going Don't. to be offering it on our store if you go to filmpulse.net thank you again ryan and we will see you next week see you later amazon we love amazon and you should love amazon too all you got to do to help support the show is go to the site of filmpulse.net, click on the Amazon banner in the top right, and shop as you would normally. We also have a store set up that has some of the recent movies that we've been talking about on the podcast and on the site. And you can also buy some of our favorite DVDs and Blu-rays from the store. You'll be helping out the show immensely. Mm-hmm. and I did it. And we will be, in the coming weeks, I didn't tell you about this, Kevin, but I'm going to start up a contest where whoever buys the strangest thing on Amazon through our site, they're going to get something. And I'm not going to say what, but I will say that it is a DVD or Blu-ray, depending on your situation with your players. So, buy something weird on Amazon. And send us an email at podcast at filmpulse.net and let us know what you bought because we can see what you bought, but we don't know who bought it. So let us know. I'm going to, after we're done recording this, I'm going to try and find the strangest thing ever and buy it through Amazon. (laughs) You'll win. (laughs) You'll win. Just a win. And then I'll call you up immediately and be like, I won. What am I getting? Yeah, so... Shop on Amazon. They got tons of great stuff. I buy everything on Amazon, so you should too. Let's talk about the Independent Spirit Awards. This uh, was on last night on IFC, and um, the full list of winners is available on our site. Um, 
should be on the homepage still. You can check that out. Uh, but we're going to talk about some of the highlights, whatever. Um, I'd first like to say that the Independent Spirit Awards used to be one of my favorite award shows because it, it, it was an opportunity to highlight some of the lesser-known films that came out during that year that should have gotten the recognition of the Academy, but for whatever reason didn't. And I feel like now, especially this year, the Independent Spirit Awards is basically just the Oscars Part 2. Um, looking over the winners, it is almost a mirror of what I predict will happen tonight at the Oscars. Almost. I think that it's... Yeah. I think that it's completely ridiculous. Um, the rule of the Independent Spirit Awards, um, I think there's probably several rules, rules, but one of them is your film has to be made with less than $20 million. Now, that is such a broad, uh, especially in the economy that we're in now where even big studios are making lower-budget films, um, it's just, I think that it's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm growing to hate the Independent Spirit Awards. Uh, yeah. They, I, I honestly can't believe that they can still call themselves the Independent Spirit Awards. I guess having the that spirit at the end of Independent sort of makes it... Right. You know, sort of takes because... care of everything, but it just... I mean, they get some things right. Some of the actress and actor nominations, you know, they, you know, they sort of go to veer off and get some things that aren't uh, well known and big time like the Oscars. But they still have a lot of movies in there that I don't yeah. think should be involved. I um, I don't think the artist should be on the list at all. And that was one of my biggest gripes about the Spirit Awards this year was that the artist won, I don't have the number, but certainly the most, at least four or five. I think it was like four maybe. No. But I don't even feel like that should be on the list. Yeah, one of four. Maybe have it be under Best International Film. Because, unless I'm mistaken, isn't The Artist a French film? Yes, which is another thing not to... You know, we didn't really want to talk about the Oscars today, but I was thinking, me and my wife were talking today, that since The Artist is a silent movie, it's able to be nominated in the Oscars for Best Picture. But if there was talking involved, because it's a French film, it, would have been, it wouldn't have been able to be nominated for best feature film and best director and all that it would have been in the foreign language section but mm -hmm. because they were it was silent then they can break in and you know be nominated for those awards but see that's that's one thing but when you look at um the independent spirit awards it's best international film it's not best foreign language film mm -hmm. i mean like Shame and Mel Melancholia are on Best yes. International Film. They they were nominated, so 
to me, I don't even know why the the artist is on there. I mean, probably plus, probably because I think the artist is uh, I think it was a uh, a joint. Hmm. You know, it's French and U.S. Yeah, I mean there there were certainly so I'm sure there was U.S. A loop, actors. Yeah, but. there's a loophole probably. It, 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 I mean, the Independent Spirit Awards essentially are it does the same thing that a lot of these uh, award movies do is they're trying to get some big names to come to their award ceremony. Mm-hmm. So they nominate movies that they shouldn't be just so they can have a bigger fanfare and get, you know, an IFC and, you know, money off of it and be more relevant than what they used to be back when they was all independent movies, which is how I liked it. And I feel like, I just feel like a lot of the movies that were nominated and won shouldn't have even been on the list because they're still studio films. I mean, they're not, I wouldn't consider them independent films. And I I know that there's like this kind of gray area when someone mentions an independent film and, and what the definition of an independent film is. But when I'm looking at like Margin Call and The Artist, like, and The Descendants, to me, those mm-hmm. are not no. independent films. Those are no. just small studio films. Yes. Those are, those are just lower-budget studio films. And exactly. And I just, I don't think that they should even be on there. It's, it's really upsetting to me to see, you know, uh, like, Take Shelter not winning every one of these awards. Because I think that a movie like that, or Drive, should have. Yeah. And I mean, and, they got they have some in there that you know. There's like Cedar Rapids uh, was up for a few, and you know that to me is an independent film. Yeah, but yeah, and of course, when you're looking at best feature, you have the nominees were the artists Fifty Fifty, Beginners, Drive, and Take Shelter. Okay, so we pretty much agree that the artists shouldn't be on there. I don't even really think Fifty Fifty should be on there. No, I don't. I don't either. Um, Drive, I might even. That's that's yeah. even a, a close one. Yeah, and I mean, you have a movie like a true independent movie like Martha Marcy May Marlene. That mm-hmm. I think should be on there. I mean, people did get nominated for it, like Elizabeth Olsen. And John Hawks, got, was nominated for best supporting male, and I think it was even. Maybe best first feature. Yeah, that was nominated for mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, I mean, they get some things right, but I don't, it it seems like they're sort of leaning. I can just see them in a couple of years being like the Golden Globes' little brother. Yeah, sort of. Somebody, you know. <clears throat> um, also, I'd like to mention a movie that isn't on here at all that I thought was incredible. Uh, win win. I don't understand why that wasn't. Mm. I mean, that was an independent film. It was fantastic, and that got snubbed at everything this year. Yeah. And I, that to me, that should have definitely. Also, uh, we need to talk about Kevin. That's I don't see yeah, that on true. here either. And yeah. to me, that that should have. For when I think of the Independent Spirit Awards, I think of movies like that, like movies yeah. that you know push the boundaries and and offer up something unique um i think that a lot of it has to do with money too because when you look at uh film independent the 
a nonprofit organization that backs the Independent Spirit Awards. They're always looking for money, and I think that this is a way for them to bring in some some funds. Yeah. And I really, I really do support. I'm a member of Film Independent. I really do support the organization, um, but I feel like there's other ways to bring in money and, and get people watching this yeah. award show because honestly the people that would watch the independent spirit awards are not really the same type of people that would be just sitting down and casually watching the oscars on a sunday night yeah. you know this is it was shown on ifc at 10 p.m and it's uncensored so you know they can say and swear and stuff so to me it's kind of like they're shooting themselves in the foot yeah i do have to say well uh one thing real quick win-win was nominated for best screenplay thomas oh i didn't see that yeah he was nominated for that i think that's it though but the one thing that independent spirit awards gets right in my opinion that i absolutely love that they have this is that they have a John Cassavetes Award. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if you're going to be talking about an independent film... Oh, yeah. John Cassavetes is your godfather. Mm-hmm. And the winner of that was Pariah, which I do want to see, which is crazy enough because it was made in 2007. <laughs> that, uh, now, that is... That's an independent movie. You make it in 2007, and it doesn't get released until essentially this year mm-hmm. 2012 that, that that's the epitome yeah um I, that i haven't seen pariah but i'd like to see that as well um and bellflower that is that to me is an example of an independent film as well mm-hmm. so and there's actually two on here that i never heard of which is what I've always wanted from the Independent Spirit Awards and I mean me and you follow movies and we know almost all of them but yet again there's two on here The Dynamiter I never heard of and Hello Lonesome nope never heard of those I never heard of those either so and that's that's what I remember about the Independent Spirit Awards I remember when I was younger I would watch it and it would be almost all movies that I just never heard of and it was like such a good way for me to find new movies but you know i heard of the artist i yeah. know what that is yeah but yeah. by this point i think everyone on the planet has heard of the artist and the other thing you know you're you're from you know we went to high school together so you're from where i'm from and if you can go out and see the artist oh yeah it's not an independent movie sorry nope i can go to my local theater and see that movie pariah no chance in hell i have to drive to baltimore to see that yeah which by the way was not done in 2007 i read this wrong it started out as a short film Uh, in 2007 and then was made in 2011 as a as a full-length feature so um that's pretty much our thoughts on the Independent Spirit Awards. I pretty much hate them now, and they suck. So I don't completely hate them. I think that they still have a shred of relevance, but I have a feeling that they're leaning 
they're slowly slipping into that territory where they're going to be the Oscars well, 3. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, they might get a different uh, person organizing it, and next year might be completely different. I mean, with Sundance, that's kind of how it, it went. For a while there, it was at Sundance, it was all like almost all like Hollywood movies that were yeah. playing at Sundance. And I remember like a few years ago, I was like, oh, Sundance sucks man but now it's like this past sundance i thought was really good there's yeah. a lot of great movies yeah so. i think this uh past sundance was the first one that absolutely none of the movies showing had a distributor really yeah i think hmm. they were all except maybe you know maybe like one or two but i think this it was you know one of the first sundances that you know hmm. none of the That's films were bought yet and when you look at the list, I mean, it's all like, uh, you know, first-time directors, very low-budget films, like, not a whole lot of star power in a lot yeah. of the movies that were shown there. And I think that that's how the Independent Spirit Awards should be, too. Like, yeah, I, a I lot sh- of the movies... I should like, be discovering people at right. Independent Spirit Awards. I shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that movie. It won how many awards so far? Yeah. Well, talking about terrible uh, things in film, let's move on to the Razzies. Uh, (laughs) Razzies. The Razzies are an award show that happen. uh, They always coincide. And they go over the worst movies and actors and performances of the year. Uh, This year has some really, really great nominees um most notably adam sandler being nominated for 11 razzies yes uh that's uh mostly for his film jack and jill which got 12 nominations (laughs) in and of itself um he was adam sandler was also nominated as worst actress (laughs) for jack and jill uh and Uh. I just love reading the Razzies because they just kind of... It's like they they have fun with the nominations, too. Yeah. Like, um, they have a worst screen couple. And yes. this year is Nicolas Cage and anyone sharing the screen with him in any of his three 2011 movies. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> this is so funny. And, uh, plus... The Hangover 2 was nominated for uh, Worst Sequel and Worst Remake. <laughs> uh, because it's the same movie. Yes. Yes, it is. So it looks like Adam. Sa- this is Adam Sandler's year. It is. He, uh, he um, previously, I think the most Razzies, the person that was nominated for the most Razzies before was Eddie Murphy, but I think now... Adam Sandler might have the top spot. Uh, and that's funny because I was just thinking, and I was about to say that Adam Sandler seems to be going the Eddie Murphy route. Mm-hmm. You know, costumes, fat suits, yep. dressing up as a woman. Just all and the... I don't... It's weird because with Adam Sandler, he... You know, he started off doing that. Yeah. And then and then he started doing 
more serious roles and like just yeah, comedies that just bit. that had like more substance you know like punch drunk love and um what was that uh what was that one that he was in about uh he, like he lost his wife in 9-11 mm. i can't remember the name of that one Damn, that was like a... yeah and even you know funny people which was yeah funny people it was just a little bit ago you know a couple of years ago but I feel like he kind of just peaked there and then started going downhill. And I think what happened is he realized that, oh, yeah, this is great and, you know, sort of good for the critics and everything, but I'm not making any money. It could be. I mean, I think he also is um, pretty involved with his Happy Madison production company. Yeah, which, which they do too much is the worst production company ever. They did Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. Which also nominated for Razzie. Yeah, that was Worst Picture. And the the director also got nominated, which is Tom Brady. And I like to think of that as that's actually the quarterback from the New England Patriots. That would <laughs> be so funny if that was actually Tom Brady. <laughs> that was his first film. I'm going to go out and say that. Uh, Nick Schwartzen also got nominated as um, Worst Supporting Actor, not for Bucky Larson, but oh. for Jack and Jill and Just Ooh. Go With It. Nice. Uh, Just Go With It was also an Adam Sandler movie. That sure was. So this was certainly... A year of Adam Sandler. Um, Michael Bay got nominated as Worst Director for Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Good. Um, they should have one for title. Just, like, for the title of the movie. Because Dark of the Moon, to me, is just the worst thing I've worst. ever heard. But the they, worst. Yeah, they should have one for title. Just titles of movies. I would enjoy that. Uh, the the worst picture nominees uh, are Bucky Larson, Jack and Jill, New Year's Eve, Transformers: Dark of the Moon, and Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part One. Mm. I don't even know what what to say. Uh, actually, I did see Jack and Jill. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, I did. It was f-ing horrible, horrible. Uh, that I think should probably win, but I didn't see Bucky Larson, and I heard that that was atrocious. I would say, b- just based on trailers, because I've only seen the trailers for these movies. I haven't seen any of these movies. Based on the trailer, Bucky Larson, to me, I think should win. Uh, mostly yeah. because Nick Swartzen, when he plays that character, is just... That was horrible. Uh, the only other thing I would say, maybe Twilight Saga, because it seems like they, you know, they of course take themselves way too seriously. Yeah, I think uh, Twilight probably won some Razzies uh, previously for the yeah. previous. I might movies. give it. I might give it to them because they're actually trying. I think Bucky Larson is it's just essentially thirty and forty year olds dicking around with a movie camera. Yeah, they know. They know it's not a good movie. They're not idiots, but. With Transformers and Twilight and New Year's Eve. Yeah, (laughs) New Year's Eve. I forgot that existed as a thing. They need to stop that. Uh, Mm. I don't know how many more of those they can make with these 
ridiculous I'm, ensemble cast. I'm waiting for like Groundhog's Day, not the Bill Murray one, but for them to do you know <laughs> like a multiple multiple mm. plot line of Groundhog's Day and whether it's going to be winter or spring and people battling they have, depression um, and, and then having like a President's Day movie because they had the, the what was the Valentine's Day one called? I hate Valentine's Day or something something like that that was like a year or two before that. It was. I think it was just called Valentine's Day. Oh, okay, of course it was. Yeah, it was just called Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, those are just. There's a lot of. Uh, there's several parody videos of those trailers online that are pretty funny too. <laughs> <laughs> you check those out. Definitely. Um. Anything else to add about the Razzies? Uh, my favorite, my absolute favorite about the Razzies. Couple things here. Worst actress, Martin Lawrence, <laughs> <laughs> as Mama and Big Mama's like father, like son. I love that they have that in there, and of course Adam Sandler is Jill and Jack and Jill. But also, my absolute favorite <laughs> is Sarah Palin playing herself. <laughs> Sarah Palin, the undefeated. Ah. Oh. That that works on so many levels. Yes, it does. You know, it worst does. actress, Sarah Palin. Yes, uh, I love that. She's terrible at playing herself, and I just also I love the fact that they entitled that movie Sarah Palin: The Undefeated when when she yeah. lost. Clearly, she was she, very defeated. Yes, far from undefeated. Not not much else. I mean, we're supporting actress. You have David Spade as Monica and Jack and Jill. <laughs> Which, again, I love that they do that. Of course, Tom Brady, quarterback of the New England Patriots, <laughs> directed Bucky Larson. He's up for worst director. So not um, only not only do you lose the Super Bowl, but you're up for worst director. <laughs> That's a rough year. As soon as I read that, I thought it was a misprint. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Well, the funny thing was that sometimes I'm so unbelievably stupid that I'm just, you know, I'm like, worst director, Michael Bay, Tom Brady. Oh, I didn't know he did movies, Bucky Larson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just and then going, you just move yeah. on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. And then, I, you know, I go back and I'm like, no, that's not the quarterback. But I'm going to say it is. One of the one of my favorite categories is also the worst screen couple because mm-hmm. they always have really fun with that um but i saw this shia labeouf and the underwear model aka rosie huntington whiteley for trannies number three what is that i it, i think it's supposed to be transformers three. Oh, trannies number three <laughs> 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 it's written as trannies number three and i was like what what is that but I also like uh, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston or Brooklyn Decker and just go with it. Now, if they win, because it says Jennifer Aniston or Brooklyn Decker, does Adam Sandler get to pick who gets mm. the other one? Or, I don't know, but yeah. he, he's in for a tough decision because he's also up for Adam Sandler and either Katie Holmes, Al Pacino, or, or himself. Or, or himself 
So he can actually pick himself yeah. and win. <laughs> I would like to see worst screen couple it be a tie between Just Go With It and Jack and Jill. That would yeah, just get everyone up there. It'd be the same Adam Sandler and the relationship he had with one, two, three, four people plus himself. Yeah. Yes. Oh God. What a what a nightmare. What a nightmare. I didn't see the end of it. Adam, Jack and Jill. Adam Sandler's here. I, I had to turn it off. Adam Sandler's here. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I think that does it for today. Uh, as always, we welcome your comments. You can send us an email at podcast at filmpulse.net. Uh, you can call our voicemail line. Give us, a, give us a call on the voicemail line at 206-337-9263. As always, you can visit us on filmpulse.net. Send us your comments on there. Um... And make sure to click through the Amazon banner on the site, buy some stuff, and help out the show. For FilmPulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we will see you next week.